Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. You darn tootin'. And this episode comes out in a couple days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh God, we're a little behind. And a lot is going on in Minnesota in the news right now, but we are recording Mm -hmm. this a few days ahead of when this is supposed to air, so... TBD yeah, on reactions don't. to the news. We Closing do not. arguments wrapped up today, today. as we, we record. We so we're a little know. tense. We're a little tense around here. Yeah, it's yep. uh, it's a rough it's a rough time for for the city. Yeah, but I just didn't want anyone to think that we weren't paying attention because we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. All right, so we. Oh fuck it, I'm Kenyon. Oh right. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm Lucy. (laughs) I'm Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) And this is also a video episode for our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, come look at my hair. I washed it today. Yeah, I mean, and it's all your own hair. No, it's not. Oh, (laughs) never mind. That is. I was like, it looks fabulous. That is so nice. There's no way it's your own hair. I sent you a picture of. So you know, as you know, my hair appointments are two day affairs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where I have to go in, get them removed. It's a whole procedure. So when I sent you the photo a- after I'd gotten the color done, it was to show off that my hair was really long even without oh, the extensions. So okay. that photo you got is of my real hair. But, but now today. my real hair is once again hidden by a more fabulous product, someone else's hair. Plastic. Right. Oh, Consensual, someone else's hair. Mm-hmm. Ethical someone else's hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, well, the Patreon. Looks great. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> so we have a very special fan pick this week, brought to you by Carmen, mm-hmm. who is a social worker, and Carmen has selected the topic of social worker crimes. Oh my oh, gosh! Wouldn't you know it? This so... was really hard. This yeah, I'm sad. It's a it's a tough day when social workers have to get involved, mm-hmm. and then in my case, it's a really tough day when social workers fuck up. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a lot of room for fuck up. Mm-mm. Yeah, that and it's a world. it's such a hard job. I honestly can't imagine a more difficult job. I think uh, it's, yeah, I think there is a hierarchy, and it's the hardest job. Mm. Yep, it's up there. It's a contender. Yeah. That and like I don't know motherhood of like eight children of course and we are not here to shit on social workers we are not we are not here to shit on individuals who may need the assistance of a social worker um so much of it is systemic and way too much for us to address in a show of this caliber and so let's just make that very clear before we dive into what is inevitably always a nuanced and very complicated set of circumstances that typically will lead to these cases. Well, Except yeah. for in my case, which is real black and white, this person was just the worst. 
I would say, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that the vast majority of us will interact with social workers at some point in our lives. So yeah, it's absolutely. Not, it's not like we're saying, oh, you know, oh, too bad. You have to deal with a social worker. Right. It's like Toby no Flanderson's judgment. a social worker. Yeah. Just saying. I interact <laughs> with him every day. I think it's such a broad, uh, you know, career path. Mm -hmm. And also when it comes we'll to true to. crime, it can be involved in Some like social stuff. work can be involved in so many different ways for mm -hmm. better or for worse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would be like saying, like, forensics crimes. Right, exactly. Like, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, with that said, we probably are going to need to limber up. So, what yeah. is our wine crime pairing for social worker crimes? Okay, we are not drinking wine today. Uh -oh. We are drinking what I can only imagine I would need in order to survive a career in social work. Vodka or tequila? Uh, neither, because mm. this needs to also be easily hidden at work. Oh, oh my God. We are so, not condoning drinking at work while being a social worker. Well, we worker. can drink at work. Yeah. I, while being a social worker. I, oh. I have no... If you can handle your shit and <laughs> sneak what I'm about to recommend... I have, I am, that's not my lane to get in. So I'm staying out of that lane. I have I'm to drink for work. Out. So I'm making recommendations and that's my, that's my lane. And mm -hmm. here's my recommendation. Brew yourself a cup of coffee and then put tinfoil over it to keep it warm. Kay. Because you brewed it like 10 minutes ago before recording. Okay, I have remove, iced coffee. Remove the tinfoil. Okay. Grab a bottle of tequila. I mean, sorry, Kahlua. Kahlua. <laughs> Kenyon oh, said grab Kahlua. Grab the closest bottle of tequila. <laughs> Pour Kahlua mm -hmm. into That's your coffee. That's a lot of Kahlua. It's a coffee liqueur it's with coffee. It's a coffee liqueur. Like I said the last time I quote-unquote over-poured, where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do I have to be? I currently don't have any alcohol in the house, so Corey's bringing me some white claws. So if you see like a really pale man like lumbering in the background <laughs> holy shit that's so my good husband. i love me some kalua and coffee it's so good just a couple little fun things kalua is a coffee liqueur and liqueur specifically is franche it's an alcoholic drink composed of distilled spirits and additional flavorings such as sugar fruits herbs spices Coffee. This is literally made like the main ingredient of Kahlua is coffee beans. Mm -hmm. So it's like the coffeeest coffee liqueur that you can possibly get. Um, they are typically on the sweeter side, sort of the thicker side. Mm -hmm. They're so good as like a mixer in cocktails or as, a, as an ingredient in cocktails, but they're also White very Russians. good in cooking, mm -hmm. like making Ooh. baking desserts and Ooh. stuff. Yeah. Is there caffeine in Kahlua? It is, and that was what I was about to say. So oh, because sorry. Kahlua is made from coffee beans, it does contain caffeine. For loco, anyone? Cool. Oh, I like it. According to the company, it contains about 100 ppm caffeine, which means about 100 milliliters per liter of product. So for a standard 1.5 ounce drink of Kahlua, there would be about 5 milligrams of caffeine. So... It's not a lot. Like, to put it in perspective, an eight-ounce cup of coffee contains about 200 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. 
So, it's so you have to remember that it's just a dusting. It's not like Four Loco where it's it's an energy drink. That's like there's more caffeine residually still in decaf coffee than there is in Kahlua. So it won't upset my bowels the way that coffee does. It really shouldn't. Good. Um, and obviously putting Kahlua in coffee is like one of the most phenomenal ways to enjoy it. But here is a short list of some of the top cocktails to use Kahlua in. So mm-hmm. uh, martinis like espresso martinis, mm-hmm. white and black Russians. I assume black Russian is just no cream. Correct. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, mind erasers. What's which is that? like It's like an everything that. but the kitchen sink kind of shot type thing i don't like I don't, a uh, long island yeah i i don't remember all the ingredients like a wintry mix oh that would be a good cocktail name yeah, write that mix. down she's writing it down um a b52 <laughs> a baby guinness a brave bull a colorado bulldog a dirty mother oh a what's Kahlua, in that i don't know because i'm not clicking these because i'm scared but i, I could a kalua sour moose milk Mudslides, one of my favorite things, and Spanish coffee, which is basically exactly what we're drinking. Oh, a dirty mother is brandy, milk, and coffee liqueur. Yum. Look up Mind Eraser because that wasn't clickable. It might be a shot and not a cocktail. Mind Eraser. This it's, is good podcasting technique. I know, people. whatever. It's fine. I've been out of the restaurant game too long. I don't remember. Mind what these Eraser are. doesn't sound appealing to me. It really uh, doesn't. Why is there such a long article? Just give me the ingredients. Okay. Coffee liqueur, such as Kahlua, vodka, and club soda. Ooh. Oh, ew. no. No. I'm no. Good. Anyway, I don't have anything to pop. I don't have anything to crack. So I just want to say cheers to all of the social workers out yes. there doing the, the good, hard, incredibly invaluable work. You are undervalued and underpaid, and we appreciate mm-hmm. you. Yes. And I'm now just... we're going to talk about some not-so-great ones. I'm toasting with my apple cider vinegar gummies. Those are great. <laughs> Nice. Mm. All right. Well, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for social worker crimes? There's no psych. We need but, to get a uh, like a button or something that says there's no psych. John, put it in the video. <laughs> we need a shirt. Oh, whenever there's something. no psych, Lucy shakes her goat bones. No psych. No psych. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so social work is a practice-based profession that promotes social change, development, cohesion, and the empowerment of people and communities. Social work practice involves the understanding of human development, behavior, and social, economic, and cultural institutions and interactions. The profession concerns itself with individuals, families, groups, communities, and society as a whole in effort to meet basic needs and enhance social functioning, self-determination, collective responsibility and overall well-being so as we've already established the umbrella is large Mm -hmm. yeah also so many buzzwords right that was like a wave of buzzwords (laughs) i have quite a lot of buzzwords in my segment actually drink every time there's a buzzword oh god all right you're already fucking trash Mm mm-hmm Social work professionals working with families and institutions have helped to provide and advance the following social impacts. Civil rights. Ever heard of it? Never heard of it. Derek Chauvin. (laughs) Never heard of it. Unemployment insurance, disability pay, workers' compensation, reduced mental health stigma, Medicaid and Medicare, and child abuse and neglect prevention. 
Yeah, my my dad worked with a social worker when applying for disability mm. that he got denied of multiple times. So a he social had worker had to help him. a leg. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was, got denied disability. Yeah, and I mean, diabetes is like enough to qualify individuals as disabled if they, you know, so choose to identify, but he also was an amputee. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's a racket. It's a racket. Well, social workers in general try their best. Oh, yeah. Them, no, the social worker obviously. was doing everything they could to mm -hmm. help my dad. It's mm -hmm. the government that was fucking mm -hmm. him over, not yeah. the social worker. Yeah. Um, so depending on their specialty, job title, and place of employment, a social worker may be required to participate in legislative processes that often result in the formation of social policies. Mm. Examples of fields a social worker may be employed in are poverty relief. We'll circle back to the poverty thing. Mm -hmm. Life skills education, community organization, all these buzzwords. Mm -hmm. community, community development, rural development, forensics and corrections, legislation, industrial relations, project management, child protection, elder protection, women's rights, human rights, systems optimization. I'm not really sure what that referred to, but... I mean, clearly to optimize systems. I, I mean, probably You to fold like, it in. You fold <laughs> yeah. in the cheat. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't know how like, to make this any clearer, David. I, <laughs> that might be like uh, the Toby Flunderson, like a PR, mm -hmm. like a PR, or a PR, HR position. HR, could yeah. be. Yeah, it probably just like, this is how the organization typically handles X kind of case, and we need to reform it and handle it in this way with these steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, basically, optimization across the board is one way you could boil down social work. Mm -hmm. mm. Finance, addiction rehabilitation, child mm -hmm. development, cross-cultural mediation, occupational safety and health, disaster management, mental mm -hmm. health, psychosocial therapy or disabilities, among many that other things. That is the wildest list yeah. of tasks. Can you uh, imagine? If you had added like car repair, <laughs> yeah. HVAC, I'd be like, oh, okay. Farming. <laughs> it's Farming. Ev it's everything. Animal husbandry. Yeah. It's <laughs> literally, it's literally what does, ev what is everything that society needs besides like, uh, like firefighting? Right. Yeah. It's like uh -huh. everything. It's such mm -hmm. a heavy lift, just one of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Social work is sort of like, um, well, it's like the like the grease in an engine. Not that I understand how engines work, but I'm like, you know, okay, let's just see how your, she navigates this it's metaphor. Like, it just makes cats your in wigs. Yeah, so like a cat, <laughs> like a cat with a wig. Like, okay, it's already functioning as a cat with a wig, but social yeah. work is like the fibers. Uh, it's in like the, the wig. it's like the gold bond that keeps the cat's heads from itching. Yeah, okay, it just makes it work better. It's optimization. Okay. Maybe the comb that gets all those stray pink hairs out. I think you have nailed it, and we can move on to the next part of this segment. <laughs> Thank you for your support. I love you. I love you, too. Social work is an interdisciplinary profession, meaning that it draws from a number of areas such as, but Everywhere. not limited to... Here's another list for Kenya. Forestry. <laughs> agriculture. <laughs> Psychology, sociology, politics, criminology, economics, ecology, <laughs> education, health, law, philosophy, anthropology, and counseling, including psychotherapy. Ray, get the fuck Geology. out of here. Geology. 
Obstetrics. Niche. Algebra. <laughs> Algebra. <laughs> Optometry. <laughs> Aerial yoga. <laughs> Silks. Stilts. Clownery. Standard stage magic and sleight of hand. Intermediate stage magic and sleight of hand. Advanced stage magic and sleight of hand. Zero waste events. (laughs) Holy shit, I don't... How to steal copper wiring. I don't know how, like you, I am speaking directly to you, social workers. I don't know how you do it. No. Well, it's not like each social worker covers all of these things. No, but there is so much need and so little resource. And it's just, you're expected to have a knowledge and understanding of so many different fields to be effective. And unlimited time and unlimited empathy and unlimited, Uh yeah, it's just, wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. So yet again, hats off to social workers in general. Cats with wigs off to you. Wigs off to you, social (laughs) workers. I'm going to start saying that instead of hats off. (sighs) According to researchers Philip Popple and Leslie Leininger, those are real words. Got it. Stop it. Herb, Herb Did you Erblinger. Hear that? I heard God. you scream, stop it. <laughs> well, it was Ray was attacking Ghostface again. So, yes, anyway. we heard that. So, according to PP and LL, there are seven core functions of a social worker. Number one, engagement. The social worker must first engage the client in early meetings to promote a collaborative relationship. By the way, a client, would we talk about social worker client? That can be an individual, a family, an organization, like a branch of government. It Mm -hmm. can be any, Mm -hmm. can take on many forms. Depends Mm -hmm. on the case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Assessment. Data must be gathered that will guide and direct a plan of action to help the client. Number three, planning. They then negotiate and formulate an action plan. Followed by implementation. Um, They promote resource acquisition and enhance role performance. Then we have monitoring and evaluation, which is ongoing documentation through short-term goal attainment of, uh, of the extent to which the client is following through. Mm-hmm. M&E, which is giving me horrible trauma flashbacks back to grad school. Are mm-hmm. you okay? Everything was M&E. M&E, monitoring and evaluation. But everyone was just like, that was like the important class to take. You had to try to get into it, blah, blah, blah. Every new job description when I graduated was all about m and hmm. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we have supportive counseling, which is affirming, challenging, encouraging, informing, and exploring options. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we have graduated disengagement, which is seeking to replace the social worker themselves with a naturally occurring resource. This mm-hmm. is basically the like exact step-by-step breakdown of like LADC work in addiction mm-hmm. counseling. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that it these, follows the exact same arc. Mm-hmm. I think any sort of counselor mm-hmm. would sort of follow these same steps. Yeah. And in addiction counseling, you do work very closely with social workers and in tandem with social workers on case management. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
According to the National Association of Social Workers, there are six core values of a social worker. Uh, the first is service. So you help people in need and address social problems. Then social justice, which is challenging social injustices. Mm -hmm. You recognize the dignity and worth of the person, your client. Mm -hmm. You recognize the importance of human relationships. You have integrity, which means you behave in a trustworthy manner. And you have competence. So you practice within the areas of one's expertise and develop and enhance professional skills. So that's kind of a background of what social work is. And so now I have a little bit of history for you. Mm. Mm. So straight from Wikipedia. I hope your expectations Perfect. were not that high. I love a wiki history. I a quickie. It. A quickie wiki. A quickie from wiki. <laughs> the practice and profession of social work has a relatively modern and scientific origin and is generally considered to have developed out of three strands. The first was individual casework, which was a strategy pioneered by the Charity Organization Society in the mid-19th century, which was founded by Helen Bosanquet. <laughs> Nailed it. Bosanquet. If, if you just get quieter towards then the syllables that you don't know how to pronounce. They're never going to know. How would they know? And Octavia Hill in London, <laughs> England. <laughs> Most historians identify it, COS, the Charity Organization Society, as the pioneering organization of the social theory that led to the emergence of social work as a professional occupation. COS had its main focus on individual casework. The second was social administration, which included various forms of poverty relief. Uh, social work itself, like historically, had its roots absolutely in trying to alleviate poverty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So but only for like a lot of it was like early days, of course, was like mm -hmm. finding like the deserving poor. Right. Yes. Well, the, yeah. the whole like mm -hmm. what, do, what do they call it? The like charity mm -hmm. i can't remember it's Gate like keeping. it's basically like the charity industrial complex where mm -hmm. it's like exactly that same sentiment where it's like gatekeeping who gets these funds who's deserving of these funds mm -hmm. well and as how we'll, it can be so deeply problematic as we'll kind of talk about here i mean this was happening in europe in like the 17th 18th 19th centuries when right. their politics were really ingrained in like the clergy Mm -hmm. So you'd have, like, political goals and then, like, ecclesiastic goals mm -hmm. that were similar. Well, they were just so ingrained with each other. Right. So, of course, like, all of Christianity is about mm -hmm. who deserves redemption. Right. So. It was all wrapped up together. There was no was separation. All, exactly. Okay. So poverty relief. Statewide poverty relief could be said to have its roots in the English poor laws of the 17th century. And I kind of Googled that a little bit. It was basically like really early. What am I trying to think of? Like, did they set up workhouses and stuff for people who like couldn't pay their debts? Yeah. At the beginning, though, it was mm -hmm. it was basically any sort of aid for poor people whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then they also had law. So. Back in the 17th century, they would have laws against, like, begging. Yeah. Mm. So it, this around this time was when they were actually recognizing that poverty is a societal 
mm-hmm. issue. And we still have those laws now. They're just in much prettier language. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To hide it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the so the, right around this time was the first time where there was any there was any sort of like widespread sympathy for people who were poor Mm -hmm. this understanding that it's like generational that it's circumstantial you know you can't can't help it if you're poor Mm -hmm. before then people were just like ah you're poor my life sucks too good luck right right there's like a growing understanding that it is by design and in a lot of ways like a snake eating its own tail like you just get trapped in that cycle at the same time the government and around this time and in the later centuries just like sent a lot of poor people away yep. to the yeah. colonies and to yeah. Australia and whatever. And they were like, go be poor out of sight. Right. And, and then, it's so fucked up because that's how we like deal with it in it major cities. It yeah. still happens now. I know we people s- get like a Greyhound bus ticket to just go away. Not even yeah. that. I mean, yes, that. But also like looking at for it, a, a huge example is Skid, the Skid Row area yeah. of Los Angeles where people are just segregated into these areas of the city because the the rich folks that are gentrifying all the neighborhoods around there don't want to provide any solutions or aid, but also right. don't want to see the problem. Right. Yeah. It's just so literally like so a, fucked. a block away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the, deeply the, problematic, deeply racist. And there is this, that is not a solution to mm-hmm. the problem at all. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so well, statewide poverty relief could could be said to have its roots in the English poor laws of the 17th century, but was first systematized through the efforts of the Charity Organization Society. The third pillar of early social work consisted of social action rather than engaging in the resolution of immediate individual requirements. The emphasis was placed on political action working through the community and the group to improve their social conditions and thereby alleviate pro- alleviate poverty. So mm-hmm. this approach was developed originally by the Settlement House Movement. So if you've ever heard of that, it's basically they set up these... Oh, well, I copied and pasted it in my next paragraph. Here we go. <laughs> the Settlement Movement was a reformist <laughs> social movement that began in the 1880s and peaked around the 1920s in England and the United States. Its goal was to bring the rich and the poor of society together in both physical proximity, mm-hmm. like we were saying about Skid Row, kind of, and mm-hmm. social interconnectedness. Its main object was the establishment of settlement houses in poor urban areas in which volunteer middle class settlement workers would live, hoping to share knowledge and culture with and alleviate the poverty of their low income neighbors. The settlement houses provided services such as daycare, education, and health care to improve the lives of the poor in these areas. Okay. So, I've, pretty heard, progressive I've heard worse for, ideas. Yeah, I mean, it, it on paper, it sounds like a good right. idea. But then when you factor in the, like, racism, classism, right. and elitism of the, quote-unquote, volunteers... Of like the up like upper class. I'm getting volunteers. some Teach for America vibes. Yeah, I mean there, that exactly. that opens there, a lot of doors. There's a reason this isn't still around. Right. It opens a lot part. of doors for like white saviorism and gentrification, right. and it's right. Yeah, that's. I that's mean, a tough we can one. pick apart. We can pick apart All those kinds of things. <laughs> right. In there like isn't today's understanding. One yeah. Perfect. Of. Yeah, but I think at the time. 
Mm-hmm. This was a lot fucking better than the alternative. It was better right. than they, a they workhouse were... or being shipped in chains to Australia. Exactly. Yeah. It was like they were trying something new. Right. And then, I mean, maybe it's hard to know how much they knew it would fail going into it. Like, <laughs> there are people with high hopes for programs like this. I think and... in a lot of ways it was fairly successful, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they did provide, it sounds like they did provide some services. And, and that's so the key that's to it is the provision something. of services and resources right. because access to resources is what we know actually yeah. works. Right. It's a it's a creation of a community that is mm-hmm. more equitable together, working right. together. So I thought it was kind of cool and it was also something that I had never heard about before, no. this the settlement movement. So mm-hmm. me either. I that cannot was kind of, wait for it to be a show on Acorn TV. Settlement <laughs> oh, House. My God. Settlement, settlement House. Oh, no. My Yorkshire Settlement. <laughs> and I will watch it while drinking a wintry mix cocktail. Good God. Wintry mix. Oh, my Lord. Okay. She's going full goop. Let's rein her in. <laughs> she going goop. Oh, no. Rogue gooping. Rogue. Every time Kenyon starts blissfully branding, it's like, rogue gooping that's what it feels like to me i love it i like what i like okay i love it i'm not gonna buy a candle that smells like your vagina but like i support i didn't buy it good it's like a 60 dollar candle i know an 80 dollar candle after shipping (laughs) i checked shipping for candles man they're heavy heavy. too rich for my blood okay I did. I'll just go have on to a- imagine what Gwyneth Paltrow's labia majora smells like. Mm-hmm. Like, like a Citrus. plebe. Like a plebe. <laughs> oh my God. I don't want to know that. Okay. A number of factors advanced social work as a profession in the 19th century, particularly in Europe. So we've got those poor laws in England, which are driven by social changes, including the effects of the Victorian era. So mm. that's kind of where we see a lot of that conflation of politics and religion mm-hmm. and morality and, like who, and mm. who deserves charity. Mm-hmm. Right. Fucking Victorians. Yes. Then in Ireland, there's the potato famine, which killed about 1.5 million people and left countless others in abject poverty. Mm-hmm. The Industrial Revolution created a pretty big fucking mess of social and economic inequality and urban-based poverty. This was sort of the first time we're seeing these particular, like, modern problems. Mm, Starting to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they uh, developed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, there were a lot of poor people in Europe around this time, and social work was more or less born out of charity work and initially only focused on alleviating poverty, like I said. Mm -hmm. In the U.S. in the early 20th century, in particular after World War II, mental health care became a thing. And this was started largely by the work of Dorothy Lynde Dix, a retired teacher in Boston who's credited with starting the mental health movement, which really didn't peak until like the end of the of the 20th century. So she was way ahead of her time. The evolving role of social workers made an impact with the 2001 invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan with social workers working out of the NATO hospitals. They made visits to provide counseling services at forward operating bases. 
So a couple stats behind that. 22% of their clients were diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. Kind of shocked that it's only that low. I know, mm. but that's still so much. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 17% with depression and 7% with alcohol use disorder. So mm-hmm. clearly social workers were invaluable mm-hmm. at that place in time as well. On a related note, I read some things about India in Indian history, there are references to mental health disorders that date back to around 300 BC. Wow. wow. So, like, just because the Western world is oh, fucking yeah. catching up mm-hmm. yeah. does not mean that these were like unexplored exactly. territories at Well, we at just this used time. to ascribe it all to, you know, different religious failings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. and wonders. Mm hmm. Yeah. Various uh, phenomena. Mm -hmm. So the average salary for a social worker in 2020 was $51,760. Way too low. Yep. Mm -hmm. As of 2018, the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates that there are over or that there are around 707,400 social workers employed in the United States. And the most recent BLS data suggests that by uh, 2028, there could be more than 788,000 social workers. That's also just... not enough because I their know, purview so is everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is. However, in the U.S., there are more clinically trained social workers than psychiatrists, psychologists, and psychiatric nurses combined, which That's makes sense when you think of the breadth of what they cover. It and also does. the number of years that it takes to train because it, I mean, it takes a while to train as a social yeah. worker, but it takes longer to train as a psychiatrist or well, psychiatric yeah, nurse, Well, yeah, for social imagine. work, you need at least a bachelor's degree. I mean, in, probably a master's. In social work, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can get of, a like, master's field. in social work, but there mm-hmm. are certainly jobs you can acquire in that field mm-hmm. without your master's in social mm-hmm. work. I think the primary training for social workers is working in the field. So mm-hmm. if you have your if you have your bachelor's degree in whatever associated field and then you go you get your first job and then you do a bunch of work there, that's kind of the primary. It probably depends probably depends on when people entered the field and there are people that have been doing it for a long time that didn't get it and now mm-hmm. there's all kinds of academic yeah, and inflation. If you, and if you want to be like a higher up, like a like a like a more of like a research administrative role, or if you want to be like boots on the ground. Right. You know, I'm sure it ranges. Yeah. Yeah. So to finish us out, here are the top five reasons that I personally could never be a social worker. All right. <laughs> Number <laughs> empathy. one. Empathy. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, I have a lot so of empathy. Theopathy. You do. You do. I have a lot of empathy, but just in general, in general, I just can't bring myself to care that much about like most other people, like a random person. It's like, oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm do you gonna, need, do you I'm want gonna... a photo all together? <laughs> you want a photo all together? That's, your, that's yep. it. That's where the empathy <laughs> begins and ends. I have a whole lot of really, sh- <laughs> my empathy pool is huge, but shallow. It's, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. And mine, I, I mean, think, is the opposite. Mine is yeah. very deep, deep but, but only for like the ten mo- like, people. It's like Calvinist. It's mm-hmm. like, are you one of the select? <laughs> yep. <laughs> if so, I would die for you. 
And if, if not, not, you can fuck uh, off. Go fuck yourself. I am unqualified and afraid to assess myself in this area. <laughs> You're like a We're self-aware. scatter plot. <laughs> yeah, you surprise me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're you're like the uh every once in a while you're like, oh well, she's my goddaughter. You're like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> I had no idea that Ruby was your goddaughter until like a couple of days. I thought ago. you were joking. I didn't no. realize and then yeah. It's true. Everyone I told. keep some things close to the chest. <laughs> and oh some things God. not at all. Like <laughs> my <things>. chest. <laughs> <laughs> Self-awareness all around. We got we got yeah. there. Um, no, I definitely think I'm an empath sometimes to my detriment. That That's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's about uh, as, as qualified as I feel to assess that. <laughs> Number two, my actual genuine advice would probably not fall in line with like clinical standards. So like or if like your husband was Kahlua cheating on you, just, just kill him. Oh, God. Yeah. Fuck him. Eliminate yeah. the problem. No. It's your own death. <laughs> you do have a lot a lot of information, knowledge that you've acquired through mm-hmm. this job on how to make those <laughs> kinds of very inappropriate recommendations. So that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Can't be a social worker, probably couldn't serve on a jury now. Mm-hmm. Not now, thank mm-hmm. God. The one time I had jury duty was the worst. Mm. I am sad that I will probably never be selected for. I've never been selected. And if I did now, I think that I'd be dismissed immediately. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Shmediately. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be smeared out the door. (laughs) Okay. So number three, I have a very short attention span. So like active listening. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She would be coloring. A cornerstone of this work is active listening, <laughs> reflection, summarization. The episodes where we we don't have video, I am playing Animal Crossing. That doesn't oh, mean know. I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. But like you can't do that when you're in a for first time meeting your client, they're telling you about like all their personal shit and you're just like, "Yep, mhm." What like are your turn-up prices? When they're teaching <laughs> Dwight how to interact with a female client, And they're teaching him active listening, and he just cannot. And he's just nodding his head with his eyes huge. Ew. (laughs) It's just horrifying and so good. It's just, yeah, I just, it's the face-to-face thing. It's not a job for you. It's not a job for me. No. Reason number four, this isn't a job for me. How many What? How many items are on this list to go? Five. Ten? Okay. Okay. Five. (laughs) You'd have to leave the house every day. Day. Yeah. No. No. Every day. Like, weekends aren't a thing in social work. No. And, like, every once in a while, I'm sure you have a case where you're just, like, actually really personally upset about it. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with that. My anxiety is high enough as it is. You need lots of therapy and skills in healthy compartmentalization and boundaries to do that kind of work. And yeah. those are not easy skills to develop, and most people do not inherently have those skills. Because you also you also need to have some level of empathy to right. be good in this work, right? Mm-hmm. And that does require That's a such little a fine bit line. Yeah, it requires a little bit of like personal investment so that you can have those bonds of empathy. But then, yeah, it's so easy for it to go too far, and then to yeah. the detriment of your of your position. 
Yeah, yeah, of your own mental health. Well, your own mental health and and like your relationship with the client. Like it affects the client mm-hmm. as well. Oh, yeah, it's not sure. it's not good for anybody. You can't call mm-hmm. them on a Sunday night and be like, um, okay, so did your ex husband get back yeah. to you? Like, <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, last but not least, there is so much ongoing training, blech, like conferences and certification. <laughs> I have to learn ugh. constantly. I mean, <laughs> you could argue that we have to do that every episode. Learn something new. That's different. Yeah, there are no like, lanyards involved. That's fair. Uh, I hate a lanyard. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Can't deal with lanyards. Also, have in my job, right I can make listicles such as, this is why I could never do this job with mm-hmm. like personal traits of my own. Mm-hmm. Ew, you have a lanyard? Well, technically, it's for an award that I won as part of sort of like a team uh, like clue type game that I played with some friends in Minneapolis and it was literally clue themed and we dressed up and we won for best dressed. We did not win in terms of solving the puzzles the fastest. (laughs) In terms of winning. We were best dressed. Were you Miss Peacock with your fucking hair? Of course you were. And the peacock tail that Scott made. Mm -hmm. Duh. Oh, that was Clued up. Murder mystery event 2019. Nice. cute. Uh, My only lanyard. This goes without saying, God bless the world's social workers. You do very difficult and very important work that benefits all of us. Cheers to you. And now Holy let's shit, shit on a couple of you. I could literally never do what <laughs> you're gonna, doing. There are going to be some people who are bad at it. In every in every single mm-hmm. possible career, you're going to find- Angels of death part one and two. Right. We're and not saying doctors are bad, but mm-mm. some of them are monsters. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Well done. I liked yeah. your segment a lot. Thank All right. Lots to chew on. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Let's yes, do it. As a listener of this show, you are probably aware of our undying love for Rothy's. Mm, Rothy's yeah. are incredible, incredible shoes with zero break-in period. And now they also have stylish bags. Oh. And all of it is made from eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. There's just so much amazing stuff to say about Rothy's. Lucy, take it away. You know, every single time we do one of these ads, I'm like, I have to order that saddlebag today because the saddlebag is so freaking mm-hmm. adorable. Mm-hmm. Today's the day. You know what? Life's it too is. short. You deserve it. I really do. And Rothy's shoes, God help me, I'm going to go on that website and I'm going to find six new pairs of shoes that I need also. Mm-hmm. They come in a range of styles and an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. Kenyon and I wear the same shoe size, so we have absolutely fought over who yep. gets to order which shoe, just so we're not wearing the same thing 100% of the time. We unintentionally match a lot. Um... A lot. Also, I went to a bridal shower this past weekend, and mm-hmm. several of us were wearing Rothy's. Mm-hmm. And so we took one of those, like, sorority foot pics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't I help get, it. I get compliments on my Rothy's every single time I wear them out of the house. Yup. Same. And you feel like you're in, like, part of a club because, like, you know how amazing these shoes are. Mm-hmm. The best part, in my opinion, about Rothy's, aside from how adorable they are, is that you can just throw them in the washing machine mm-hmm. and they come out good as new because 
After a while, your feet stink, and if you're wearing your shoes, like, outside, they get dirty. I have saved so much money in not buying, like, a new pair of flats every, you know, eight months when I inevitably ruin them with my stinky feet. I just have my Rothy's, and I throw them in the washing machine, like, every week or every two weeks. They really, truly come out looking perfect, and I've had the same few pairs for years now. Mm-hmm. And they're great. So I'm saving money in the long run. You're saving money, and Rothy's has transformed nearly 100 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. So you're saving money. We're saving the environment together. These adorable shoes that are so low maintenance, and you will get compliments on them. Definitely check out Rothy's. Mm-hmm. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash gals today and treat your feet. Right on. Our listeners know that uh, before finding third love, I was not a big fan of brassieres. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would kind of... Pull the old wear-along scarf to hide the nips if I have to go outside. Yep. Move. Cover the headlights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But thankfully, Third Love has kind of combined everything that you need to actually have a comfortable and stylish and properly fitting bra all in one. I am obsessed. I have a lot of different bras from Third Love. One of my favorites is the 24-7 Classic Uplift Plunge bra, Mm -hmm. which is like a really great like everyday you know, everyday bra for just running errands or whatever, but it still has like a little hint of style. Still makes your puppies look good. Pretty darn good. (laughs) So uh, one of the best things about Third Love is the fact that they come in so many sizes and they mm-hmm. have what what's called the fitting room quiz. So it's like a personal shopper for your boobs. This fitting room quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. The last time that I took this quiz, it recommended the Pima Cotton Wireless Bra. And I'll Ooh. just say, I've done a lot of... I've gone through a lot of growth over the last year and that Mm -hmm. in many ways. And Mm -hmm. one of those things is deciding that, you know what? I really hate wire bras. I hate it. Can't do it. So now I stick with the wireless bras and Third Love has so many cute options. And this Pima bra, it's like, it's stretchy. It fits to my boobs. One of my boobs is significantly larger than the other. And this is just, it feels like a custom fit bra. So the fitting room has helped 18 million people with boobs find their true bra size. You could be next. And Third Love also has loungewear. Hello, because we're all living in loungewear now. Mm -hmm. So from lazy Sundays on the couch to weekend outings to lazy, I don't know, Thursdays on the couch, (laughs) loungewear. It's made to be worn everywhere, which is so nice. They've got premium cotton fabrics available in drapey, easy fit knits, 100% cotton French carry, woven styles, and they're available from size XS through 3X, all with the quality and fit that you expect from Third Love. Definitely give that a try. 
Mm-hmm. So Third Love knows that your one true fit is out there. So right now they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash gals for 20% off today and treat your boobs. Trade up. Okay, are we ready for my case? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to drink some wine. Oh, God. If you're <laughs> drinking already to prepare. Yeah. That's not good. Also, it's sad. The system failed a lot of people, and it's also pretty complicated. So mm-hmm. buckle up. Great. That's that's code for please don't ask me any questions so that we can get through this, and I accept. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically, yes. Okay, so... You guys change my status on Facebook to it's complicated to prepare for this. <laughs> um, you guys know that I've been on a Gallic kick. Gallic bread. Gallic mm-hmm. bread. Yes. Gaelic. That's Irish. So this case Are comes out of. Yeah. So Gaelic is Irish Gaelic and Gallic is Scottish. And they're two completely different languages. Yes. Well, that's oh, just complicated. That's There's, very you're complicated. You're right. It is complicated. This, yeah, that, I can. I already I'm can't already keep lost. up. Yeah. So that's not part of my case, but I was inspired to do a case out of Scotland. Great. So, so Can't wait for more targeted ads for that train trip through Scotland mm-hmm. that I've been repeatedly getting since Kenyon started on this Gallic. Okay, dick. but we're doing that because that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, it does sound amazing. Alaba Hobria. Okay. Scotland is so pretty. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're ready for your case. Self. <laughs> I love the Gaelic. It's so good. South Rinalsay is a small island with a population of about 900 people located in the Orkney Islands of Scotland. Mm. So a Bustling small metropolis. community. Very yeah. small community. 900 people in these islands that are already pretty far from... Scotland and mm-hmm. part of Scotland is already feels pretty remote. So it's kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Access to the island is limited and outsiders and newcomers are rare. Islanders refer to anyone whose family has not been there for generations as a quote incomer. Do they okay. have a target? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> this island sounds lovely and a little too far from the mile for Mandy. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, I'm sure that I put maps on the drive because, you know, I love a good map. You do love a good map. Okay. There they are. So, however, in the mid-1980s, there was a small influx of incomer families, eventually leading to a shocking series of events on this normally sleepy rock. Ooh, I'm getting real broad church vibes, and I know Uh that is not the same place, but I'm feeling it. Mm Mm-hmm. These incomer families, which were identified in the press only by their initials uh, at first, and so I'm just going to stick to the initials because some members of these families later came out and used their, like identified themselves and used their Mm -hmm. names, but not all of them. And so just to be respectful, we're just going to go with initials. Mm -hmm. So these Less complicated for us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the families were Mr. and Mrs. B, as in boy, who had three children and had moved to the island after visiting on a summer trip and deciding they liked it so much that they wanted to buy a home there. Love it. Mr. and Mrs. H, who had two children and had done much the same thing, came to the island on vacation, fell in love, decided to stay. Mr. and Mrs. M, who had two children and had both been teachers back in England 
and had moved to the island to fulfill their dream of living on a farm and kind of getting back to the land. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. T, who had two children and were the only Jewish family on the island, Mm -hmm. and they had moved there from Israel and lived in a large farmhouse with a workshop where Mr. T did metalworking and made jewelry, and that is making me very aroused. So... (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) A Jewish family who moves to Scotland... To do metal to work? To make jewelry. Me- yeah, metal working. Is a, is a jeweler someone who makes jewelry or is it someone who like sells jewelry? Like I don't know the made, difference. This person makes well, jewelry. Description right, but I mean like jewelry. the term jeweler specifically. I don't know. Does it apply to both? I think it's a person who deals in jewels. I'm going to look that up while you're continuing to slide I, off your chair for Mr. Like T. Icky Adam Sandler in that one movie that was highly stressful. Oh, uncut gems. Oh, yeah. Can't. Okay, so finally, there was the W family, whose recent history was much more complex and tragic than the other families. The- Makes or sells jewelry, so this person would also be a jeweler. Okay. Continue. <laughs> the W family had 15 children. That's a no. lot of children. Mm-hmm. From one uterus? From, yes, one man that and one uterus. woman. Oh, yeah. no. I want to send that uterus a gift basket. Mm-hmm. Right? An edible arrangement. Ugh. They had moved to South Reynoldsay in 1985. In 1987, Mr. W. was arrested for physically and sexually abusing several of his children. Oh, oh. no. No, 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 no. And he no. was sentenced to seven years in prison. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Mrs. W., remained on the island with the children and received regular visits from social workers to check on the family's well-being. And it seems like it is confirmed by both, like, the children who are now adults and, mm-hmm. ever, like, it's documented Mr. W. did commit these abuses and crimes mm-hmm. and, like, should have gone to jail and probably should have gone to jail for longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part is true and factual. And although the W family was in a much different set of circumstances from the other incomer families who all had like careers and homes and like a couple of kids and like were kind of like middle class, whatever. Sure. They did all have in common the fact that they were these outsiders in this tiny island community Mm -hmm. and they were seen as other and the locals didn't always feel very welcoming to them. Mm-hmm. And so by default, they became each other's social circle, even though they yeah. didn't all have that much in common. So they're all yeah. further isolated. Mm-hmm. So not all of them have kids, right? They all have B-H-M. kids. M. Oh, yeah, they all have kids. They all okay. have kids, but the W family has 15 kids. Yeah. And the husband so is in prison kids. now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my as, God. Okay. As he should be. Yes. So Mrs. T and Mrs. M became especially close to Mrs. W mm-hmm. and made a point of checking in on her whenever they could and helping her with the kids because she is a single mom now of 15 kids. Uh, 15 kids who, many of whom have been abused have been so now abused they've experienced a lot of trauma. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's a tall order mm-hmm. regardless right. of how f- fanciful your upbringing is. Right, so the other be- moms are pitching in a lot. 
and coming over to know the uh, age range of those kids. Like if the older ones were old enough to help out with the younger ones. Probably some. Yeah, some were Probably they're at least 15 years span. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the case spans a number of years, so I can't give you like just one age range, but. And also maybe some had left the island by then too. Some are grown, some are still in the house. Yeah. So the social workers on the island made twice weekly visits to the W home, but they began to feel frustrated because whenever they came in to check on the family, they would find Mrs. T and Mrs. M there. And the social workers were annoyed by this because... They don't want neighbors around when they're doing yeah their assessments and all that. Yeah. But for the moms, it was like, hey, we're all one big... We're a collective. right. Which is for a commune. It takes it a village. It is necessary because yeah. I have 15 fucking kids. Right. Well, and like tons of families prov- provide each other communal support, whether it's in or outside of like familial lineage. Like, and also just it's just easier. Community. Depending yeah. on how old the kids are, it's just easier to let them all run around together than having yeah. to entertain your two kids. Every time it's, two moms yeah. are having a glass of wine mm-hmm. while their kids blend together mm-hmm. running around the yard right. is what this is. Right. It's human it's just nature to like right. that community, community rearing. Right. Mm-hmm. So the social workers voiced their frustrations to Mrs. W, but she told them that the other women were her friends and she didn't see the problem with them being there. And also it's her own fucking home. Yeah. The social workers never spoke to Mrs. T or Mrs. M about their presence being unwanted during the check-ins. So they okay. only spoke to Mrs. W about it. And she was mm-hmm. like, I want them here, so they're here. Right. They never also, said anything. Don't stress me out about this. Life is cruel enough. Yeah. On this cold rock in northern <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But as the social workers' frustrations grew, they came to believe, whipped up in their own minds, that the the neighbor women were purposely obstructing their work. Oh, for God's sakes. You I tried mean, being can, alone with 15 kids all I the time. I can see both sides of this, for sure. Yeah, but they could have said to the neighbors... Yeah, they made this hypothesis... Can you not hypothesis. come on Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever? Exactly. Right. They, yeah. made up the, they whipped up this theory without actually addressing the issue that they're creating in their own head. Or so if, if they were obstructing, right. then they... Yeah, like Kenyon said, they could have advised these two neighbors to be like, I'm here's saying, the thing, this is not protocol, we need to have these yeah, visits without you present. I'm not saying present. they went about right. it the right way, but I can see how they came to that conclusion. Right. But what they should have done is like, you do like a, you ask politely. If you think that you still have the right to tell Mrs. W what neighbors can be in her home when you do your check-ins, which you fucking don't, but whatever, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you can do like a You have to make your expectations clear. Yeah. 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 Especially, but like, I mean, I... Obviously, not all social workers do, like, home check-ins, like, unannounced visits. Mm-hmm. But I think those that do, they have a, they've got a tough job already. Oh, so, yeah. yes, they do need to communicate mm-hmm. what's okay, what's not okay, right. what helps them do their job, and what, uh, what doesn't. For sure. That's definitely true. But, like, it doesn't sound like they were... Doing that, forming yeah, that no, it doesn't trust and bond mm-hmm. with the client, like we, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, in 1990, 
one of the W children made a comment during one of these visits that led the social workers to believe that she was being sexually abused by an older sibling. Okay. One of the 15? One of the 15. Which, again, if if the siblings had been abused themselves, it's, it's possible. It's definitely a possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't rule so, it out. Right. So after some deliberation, it was decided that the seven W children who were still under the age of 16 should be removed from the home. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, that's so Because awful. of a comment that one child made during one visit. And did they, was this, they decided to remove these children from the home after the comment, but not with any further investigation? They just made this decision based only on the comment. We will get to it. Okay. The children were taken out of school and transported to mainland Scotland, where they were initially placed in a group home and then in different foster homes. Oh, God, separating these kids. Can you imagine going from a family of 15 plus two parents to, like, by yourself or with a couple other stranger siblings in a foster environment? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they kept some of them in pairs or trios or, or how it worked. I imagine it's difficult to find a foster family for seven. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just really disruptive yeah, and I mean, sad and, siblings and traumatizing. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really sad. The local minister on the island, Morris McKenzie, supported by the TMB and H families, started a campaign to get the W children returned. Mm-hmm. So the local minister is on their side, arguing that Mrs. W needed the financial and social support not to have her needed financial and social support not to have her children taken away. So right. He was she needs like, resources not right. to separate this family. Right. And this further increased the divide between the social workers and these families. And Because the social to- workers already have it in their head that these families are fucking like interfering and, and uh, obstructing their work. Yeah. So yep. any fucking advocacy from this community is going to be seen as a negative. Right. Oh, my God. And that's a dynamic that these neighbors don't fully understand Mm -hmm. because they've never been spoken to directly about it by the social workers. Oh, God. So there's this divide. It's increasing. And these families advocating on behalf of the W family is unintentionally making it worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that the the nature of social work itself, too, can be easily misconstrued because I think at the beginning, like, everybody has good intentions, but, of course, like, if those good intentions lead to, for example, taking children away from their parents oh, or parents. Yeah. There's definitely going to be hostility, and there can yeah. definitely be an us versus them mm-hmm. and, like, secret percent. keeping. Yeah. Oh, God. Where it should be supportive and helping, mm-hmm. it can be adversarial for well, sure. Well, when it comes to your kid— I'd, Obviously, yeah. do not have kids, but when it comes to your kids, I can see how any parent would be like, "Oh, you'd be so paranoid." Fuck right off, yeah. Right. Like and, yeah. these are my these are my babies. Like by right. any means necessary, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then things took a turn for the very strange. Oh, jeez. Mrs. W was not told the locations of her children, but she was told that she could send them mail through the social work department, all of which was monitored. Mm-hmm. And soon the social workers noticed that a large volume of mail was arriving for the children, not only from Mrs. W, but from the other incomer families. And the minister loved these kids. Mm-hmm. 
people who had like helped kind of raise these kids, close family friends. Mm -hmm. The protocol they decided on was to open and read the mail before passing it on to the children in order to make sure it was appropriate, which I do understand that. And in doing so, they came to believe that the correspondence contained, quote, suspicious hidden messages. Oh, for God's sakes. Among the things that the social workers found suspicious were, this, you're, you guys are going to freak out, the phrases, be brave and be strong, which they interpreted as veiled threats that the children should keep quiet about something and resist speaking to the social workers. That's ridiculous. What? That is like I know we're not given the context here, but that sounds. Do we even need it? And of course, as a parent or family friend, of course you're going to tell your kids who have been taken from their home and sent to a different island, who are scared and isolated and alone, families and without their siblings, to be brave, be brave and be strong. What else would you even fucking say to them? I love you. Be brave. Yeah. The phrase, be the best, was interpreted as be the beast. Wasn't that Melania Trump's thing? Be Be best best. campaign. Be best. Be Be beast-ish. Yeah. I'm choosing to misinterpret that. Yeah. Yeah. So they just read it wrong and mounted an Mm -hmm. entire theory Mm -hmm. on their mistake. Oh, Again, that's nice. Because they just keep mounting all of this shit on top of their own negligence. A letter from Mrs. T to one of the W boys that described repairing an electric heater. A social worker felt that this was not a topic that made any sense to be discussing with a young boy and so must be a coded message. He probably just enjoyed mechanics stuff. We had two boys who lived across the street from us growing up, and the older of the two, who's probably listening right now, hello, Sam. Like, loved fucking taking apart their telephone and putting it back together and was, like, super into the little engineering projects. Like, had an erector set and built all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even that weird for a young kid to be like, oh, my gosh, guess what I got to do today? Yeah. I got to take apart a machine. I mean, speaking is what I did. Speaking as an adult who never has a not awkward conversation with a child, if you're going (laughs) to... Write a child a letter like, what are you going to say? Like, how was your day at work? No, you're going to be like, oh, guess what I did? You know? Yeah. Anything to, to, to anything to get, yeah, get them to read it, get them to feel like you're with them at home, comfortable, so whatever. So it wasn't like the case to SNL sketch, trying to talk to children. <laughs> child translation services, oh, where she yeah. at the beginning, she's like, so you probably have a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> That's me with children. I need to rewatch that sketch. But okay, clarify something for me. Nips, whatever. Go for it. (laughs) Was it Mrs. W, the mom, who sent the correspondence talking about taking apart the heater, or was it the child who talked about it? No, it's one of the neighbor ladies. One of the other boys. One of the other incomers, which is why I'm saying, like, it wasn't even her own child. Right. Right. So she had, she she probably was like, here's one thing I know you're interested in. Right. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick to that. Yes. Oh, we will get to the interests. Okay. Hold on. I have to take my sweater off. She's sweating. My headphones are stuck in my hair. (laughs) Okay. Please, John, do not cut this because this is stunning (laughs) Patreon content. Oh, it's fully wrapped. 
left. Oh, Y'all, no. subscribe at any level to see what we are seeing Jeez. right now. <gasps> How much hair did you lose just now? Half. She can't answer because she's, she's got her headphones on. Yeah, that's true. She's got All right. Them. How much that hair is... did you lose in that battle? No, yeah, not enough. Okay. Um. <laughs> that was amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, that is some good Patreon content. Yep. Yeah, All right we're, there. we're keeping it. <laughs> Keep it <Okay>. in. <laughs> so, <laughs> quote, mention of turtles, which seemed to lack context. Mm, I like red turtles. Flag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I guess and- I can just never talk to my nieces again because it will all be encrypted messages. Right. None of it makes sense. They're, what, seven and five? Yeah. Four? Right. Ugh. Kids, who gives a fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> quote, Paraphernalia related to turtles, including a quote, considerable number of fluffy toys. Stuffed animals. Yeah. Turtle like stuffed turtles. Turtle paraphernalia, meaning right. stuffed turtles. Right. These We're- social workers are starting to sound like a bunch of stuffed shirts. Mm. <laughs> So the letters that were deemed suspicious were photocopied and given to a social worker named Liz McLean, who was traveling to the mainland to conduct interviews with the W children who were in these foster homes. It was decided that she should be accompanied in these interviews by a South Reynolds A police officer in case any criminal charges arose from something one of the children said during the interviews. Like another sexual assault or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So now there's a... A social worker from this little island who already Mm -hmm. has all her preconceived notions and a police officer from that island who is also a local. And we all know how we feel about cops. (laughs) Cops are useless. There we go. Quota hit. Sensitive topic this week. Unfortunately, there was a total lack of protocol in the island's social work department when it came to conducting interviews. And so the meetings were not recorded Oh, my God. Even though audio and video equipment was available. Yeah, it's the 90s, not like the 1990s, mm-hmm. not the 1890s. Mm-hmm. We were we had law and order at the same time. Even like the show. in remote Scotland. Right. Probably. Also, Liz McLean herself took no notes during the meetings. How? OK, that's just bad protocol on, on Earth. every level. Mm hmm. The only records that exist of these conversations with the W children are reports that were written by the police officer after the meetings ended based on his memory of the conversations. Again, he is a police officer and not a social worker and not even trained in like interviewing children about abuse. Well, we can just blindly trust the police. That's fine. And so, although some of the W children definitely made some disturbing comments during these meetings, there is no record of what exactly Liz McLean was saying to them to like get them to say these things. Yeah, they. Th- th- she could easily have been manipulating the questioning. It also depends on which kids w- had previously been abused by their father. Absolutely. And so they could be talking about past trauma, mm-hmm. which we don't know. Mm-hmm. And because he's of already proper out invest- of the picture. Yeah, and a proper investigation was not conducted. No. Oh, God. 
So several of the W children would later speak about how terrifying and manipulative they had found Liz McLean, with one of them recalling, quote, in order to get out of a room after an hour or so of saying, no, this never happened, you'd break down. Yeah. Because she, like, wouldn't let them leave the room until they admitted that some ki- they'd experienced some kind of abuse. I mean, it also doesn't surprise me that she has a police officer in tow for that kind of questioning, because that's, like, a legit police tactic too Mm -hmm. yeah it's like an interrogation yes right oh god these poor kids that's like that's some fucking brendan dassey shit Mm -hmm. yeah where it's like he wanted to watch wrestling he wanted to go back to class yeah it's like just okay well then just and like tell us what we need and we'll let you go and they completely led him yeah to give him those answers to give to give investigators those answers it's so fucked up So a summary of one interview with a W child who was eight years old at the time reads, we spoke to M about music and asked her if she likes music. M, this is confusing because M is now being used to designate that child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Mary. I have no idea. She said, so asked if she likes music. She said, yes, I like music and dancing. We asked her what kind of music. She said Kylie Minogue and Michael Jackson. Get it. Love Kylie Minogue. She has incredible taste and I love her. Fire. Yeah. Still love Kylie. She said, we listen to this when we're dancing. We asked her who listens. She drew a figure, human, and put a penis on it and then said something she identified as a cloak. She said, that's Morris's Willie, and then laughed as she said this. She then very quickly drew a hook-type object coming from the figure's arm. She said, that's Morris in the middle. She was asked what he was wearing, and she described a long black cloak with a hood up over his head and a black mask over his eyes. We asked her, what happens? M said, he hooks you when you're dancing. Okay. With further prompting, M described the figure she, rec- she called Morris, putting his willy into someone's fanny, while other people continued to dance around in a circle. In another interview a couple days later, they continued to ask M for more details while also pressing her on the significance of turtles. Oh, for God's sake. So she's probably also extremely confused. Yeah. Because in the same fucking line of questioning, it's like, okay, these grown-ups are talking nonsense to me. Yeah, who's sexually abusing you also? What do the turtles mean? Also, what do I have to say to get the fuck out of this room and go back to my life? Yeah. Like, what do I have to agree to? You know? Mm -hmm. Also, like, kids at a certain age are figuring out parts. Also, she's got a bunch of siblings. She's gonna know, like, some bodies have penises. Well, she's what, eight? This this kid? Okay, so when my sister was like, what? Five. There's yeah. a story in our family about how my at like at the grocery store in the checkout line, my yeah. sister to the boy behind the checkout counter was like, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina and you have a penis because you're a boy. And my right. dad has a penis and it's like a tail in the front. And my mother yeah. horrified, like <laughs> trying to write a check <laughs> for our groceries is like, I don't know. She's five. A tail yeah. in the front. In the front. And you know what? I mean, she's not. Perfect description, honestly. She's not wrong not about the tail in the off. front. We were raised very much in the gender binary, but for the most part, <laughs> yeah. she was pretty spot on. Right. She was five 
Just I at the grocery a, store. I think for a five-year-old, it's okay to teach gender in the binary. Well, I mean, for a five-year-old, you can teach gender on the spectrum. I mean, as I far personally as think no child. Go. I think no child is too young to understand those concepts as long as we're willing to talk openly about them from right. the beginning. You yeah. can That's talk how about I penises about and it. vaginas, basically, and you yeah. should. Yes. At, like my aunt, when she was little, she in kindergarten, I think, like five, they're like putting it all together, right? Mm-hmm. She had to like draw some artwork. It was like a, something about yourself and your family or whatever. And famously, it was like she drew the family and she drew penises on my grandpa and her brother. Yeah. Because she was like designating, mm-hmm. right? And then it was like, what's your favorite word? And hers was leather. Great. And she drew a belt. Yep. To demonstrate leather. So any of this in the hands of these social workers <laughs> yeah. from your case would be yeah. an arrestable and child But how did she offense. feel about turtles? Right. And then, and then they asked, it was like all in one thing. And my grandma was like so fucking mortified then it was like, what's your dream job? And it was Dairy Queen Lady. And then it was, Bless what it. did you have for dinner last night? And my grandma had, she was a stay-at-home mom. She had four kids. Mm-hmm. She cooked a healthy meal of like a meat, a starch, and a vegetable every goddamn night mm-hmm. for all those years raising all those kids. But that one night, like, their like oven had gone out or something and they had to like it was like some like random like emergency mm-hmm. some smoke alarm is beeping yeah. slow on batteries right. she's got like an infant yeah it's like something is going on and so <laughs> my aunt was like donuts oh. we had donuts for dinner <laughs> good for them enjoy all your in, donuts all oh, in no. one thing penises leather belt, donuts leather queen donuts for dinner i love it <laughs> and we sleep in the basement <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. your grandma's and like grandma they don't like, sleep in the basement <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my poor grandmother was like the best human yeah uh, anyway so kids will say the darndest things mm-hmm. anyway long story short uh ba turtles what's the significance of turtles mm-hmm So the police officer wrote of this interview, M arrived wearing a turtle sweatshirt. (gasps) Oh, no. Like a turtleneck? No, No, like a sweatshirt sweatshirt with a turtle turtle on on it. it. Lucky, I want that. Because I don't know. Stay with me here. (laughs) But maybe this kid was into turtles. Yeah. (laughs) Kids develop a thing that they like. Big leap that an eight-year-old might really like turtles. (laughs) Also, what? Mid-90s? Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Hi. I don't yeah. know. It's really Wasn't sus. Morris a character on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I think Dave Morris wrote a book about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who knows? Maybe they just saw the name Morris. I don't know. Okay. So the child arrives a sweatshirt with a turtle on it. We asked her if her brothers and sisters had turtle outfits. She said, who told you? We replied that one of her sisters had told us, and we asked her if she could tell us about this. She said she didn't want to talk, but she would draw it. Probably, like, doesn't want to talk to you because you're being fucking weird. Yeah. And because she's a kid. She doesn't fucking feel like talking yeah. to you. She began About turtles. About anything. Yeah. I also would be like, I don't have anything to say to you. She began to draw while we sat silently. 
Oh, she drew a God. misshaped circle with a human figure wearing what she said was a turtle outfit. The figure she told us was Morris. What I just... do they think they're like hitting on? Mm. Over the next couple days, several of the other W children had made comments that seemed to echo M's description of a figure in a turtle suit hooking people and having penetrative sex with them while others danced around in a circle. But again, we don't know what questions were being asked in the interviews to elicit right. these responses. Nothing was recorded. Or Weren't, and no notes were taken. Wasn't there a group of people dancing right. in a circle? Yeah. And what did Morris do with his hook while you were dancing? Yeah. Right. That's fucked. And was Goody Proctor with the with devil? With the devil. <laughs> so when one of the W children was asked where these events occurred, he responded, quote, a hole in the ground, which was interpreted as a reference to a local quarry. And also every turtle's home ever. My God. And when the children were asked to list who else had been present at these events, their lists included members of the T, M, H, and B families, i.e. The their only people friends. they know. Yeah. Weird. The T, M, N, T families. <laughs> T, G, I, F families. <laughs> I just... Horrified by what they had learned, Liz McLean and the police officer, once back on the island, assembled a team of police officers and social workers to discuss what they should do. Oh, good. Based on the children's testimonies, they believe that there was no doubt that these incomer families led by the local minister were practicing <gasps> satanic rituals. That oh, because we got satanic panic, too. It's the late night or early 90s. That included the sexual abuse of children. Great. Cool. Where are all these Satanists, mm-hmm. honestly? Mm-hmm. Minding uh, their yeah, own I fucking love... business because right. they don't yeah. do this shit. Yeah. They sound kind of fun. Right? Yeah. They're way better than fucking crazy ass wacko. I'm not going to say it, but you all know what I'm saying. Yeah. I get <laughs> it. Yes. Okay. So, the, de- <laughs> the decision was made that they would not interview any of the family friends about the allegations. Mm-hmm. So, they're not going to ask any of the adults about the allegations. No. No. Why would we investigate this? Mm-hmm. It was clear from how they had aligned themselves with the W family in the past by being friends being with friends. them mm-hmm. that they viewed the social work department as the enemy and would have already warned their children against speaking to them. But mm-hmm. they decided a plan needed to be formulated to get the children out of these homes as well. So they needed <gasps> to remove the children from the T, M, B, and H families. So they're just taking all the kids off the island, basically. All the incomer kids. Right. Because of a, a satanic turtle theory. Fucking With theory. no actual, mm-hmm. with no follow-up investigation. Which, this also does such a disservice to these children on a, a million levels. Because if these children yeah. are trying to process and express trauma or abuse that they're currently experiencing or trauma or abuse that they previously experienced potentially at the hands of their father. This is not an effective means to figure out what's going on and therefore offer the proper treatment and resources to these kids in order for them to recover. Right. So they're just doing. There is a trauma with, there's a trauma associated with having a sibling who has been abused 
and a yes. father who was abusive and is now yes. not in the home. There, mm-hmm. there is a legitimate trauma to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even scattering if you personally them, weren't abused, scattering right. them to different homes just in mm-hmm. the name of keeping them safe is is not. Mm-hmm. It's Ugh. not effective in this in this scenario. So now Hard they no. have not spoken to any of the TM, B, or H families or the minister, mm-hmm. but they decide they need to remove their children. Yeah, because they have no doubt. Mm-hmm. So what other evidence do they need? Turtle sex cults. Mm-hmm. I mean, Good obviously. God. And what so, leap needs to be made? And so they plotted a coordinated early morning raid Stop. on the four houses they would arrive before the children had woken up for school while they're sleeping in their fucking beds in their jammies mm-hmm. and transport them from their homes to a chartered plane that would be waiting to take them to a safe house on the mainland after which they would be transferred into foster homes. This is really fucked up. This is very bad. And so on the morning of February 27th, 1991, police burst into these four homes accompanied by social workers and pulled the startled children from their beds as their parents cried and screamed, yep. demanding to know what was going on because they'd had no, no interaction, morning. no interview, no, yep, n- holy shit. Like, this is so fucked up. I know this is happening in Scotland, but like- how the state is able to mm-hmm. conspire against you and create their own theories and then just execute these types of actions. Right. This is, is happening at the southern border of the U.S. today. Happens, yeah, it happens all over the fucking country. It's not just Scotland in the 90s. That's, that's exactly it what I'm saying. It happened to indigenous I'm, children for generations. Yes. Yeah. This, is, yes. this is a repetitive action that continues to happen to marginalized individuals mm-hmm. now, today, in 2021 in the United States. Mm-hmm. Which isn't shocking. It's just like, I feel like people really forget. Like, they create a distance, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. ways that we can distance this case. It's from the 90s. It's not from this country. Mm-hmm. But it's like, exactly what is happening to this family in this case could happen right here, right now. Mm-hmm. It happened to tens of thousands of families mm-hmm. of indigenous American Native people mm-hmm. with boarding schools, yeah, mm-hmm. up until like the 50s. like the sixties, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like our it was a very recent cultural history. genocide. Our I mean, like parents' generation. Yep, <sighs> yuck. So, Ooh. all right, we're fine. So, uh, police also seized objects from the TM H and B homes that they deemed to be relevant. Yeah, the, the stuffed animal turtles. Yes. Pre- Get the turtles. <laughs> tag and bag the turtles. Funny. <laughs> tag and bag. <laughs> all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I need all the turtles. You forgot Donatello. Everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Donatello. I know. So some of these objects included a videotape of the TV show Black Adder. A detective well, I'm like, novel. I don't know what that is because I don't live in Scotland. It's a fucking videotape of a TV show. Okay. Of a network TV show. That anyone in anywhere could have watched. the 90s. Got it. I had a lot of those myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A detective novel. A model airplane made from two pieces of wood, which was identified by social workers as, quote, 
a wooden cross. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. No. Sir. My God. The minister's home was also raided and they seized, quote, three masks, two hoods, and one black cloak. They well, probably would have found a wooden cross in his house, too. So he probably has all kinds of, like, various garb for various oh. ceremonial uses. Next sentence. He would later refuse to sign for the return of these objects until the inventory was changed to, quote, Three nativity masks. Oh, for God's sake. Two academic hoods and one priest's robe. Come the fuck on. I, too, have an academic robe, academic hoods. I have a cane. I have multiple wigs. I wonder what they would think of my cone head. Korean sheet masks. Yeah. How would they describe this? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, Amanda oh, just donned her, co- her silicone cone head. Yeah. Satanist. Satanist right there. I have so much paraphernalia in my oh, home. Oh, me too. My grandmother's crucifix of a bleeding Jesus. Yeah. Also, I have human arms. arms. There are tons of fucking Catholics and, and mm-hmm. religious people. Presbyterians about you can goat have a cross bones. if you want a cross. Uh, yes. Yeah, goat bones exactly. I got a lot of creepy shit in my house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after a brief stay all together in a safe house that had been prepared for them, all nine children taken from the uh, alphabet soup families mm-hmm. who were aged between eight and fifteen were placed in separate foster homes on the mainland. Oh, good. Social workers in the South Reynolds A. Uh, Island refused to disclose the location of the children to their parents and would not even tell them whether the siblings were together or had been separated. So they didn't tell the parents anything. So the parents are just fucking freaked the fuck out, terrified. Over the next several weeks, the children were subjected to repeated interviews about the W children's allegations. Well, and now all these kids want is to get back to their get families. Home. So they're probably going to say Anything like you so you mentioned earlier, it's like they'd keep them in these I rooms. I want to go home until you told them what yeah. they want to hear, and then they'd let you go. Yeah. So I they're probably doing the same shit. Adults break down and do that, and they know what's happening to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they That's still break down. Let alone children. Yeah. Mm. So all of them still deny that they had ever attended a ritual in the quarry or been sexually abused by either the minister or their parents. So all Mm -hmm. of them were like, no. No. In April of 1991, the case was scheduled. So February to April. Oh, that's a really long time. Mm -hmm. Uh The case was scheduled to be heard in the Orkney Islands Children's Court. But during an initial hearing to establish the grounds of the case, the presiding judge finally dismissed the entire thing declaring, quote, these proceedings are so fatally flawed as to be incompetent. Thank you. God, I can't believe it took this long. And ordered the children to be returned to their homes that day. Good. And so nearly two months after they had been taken, the nine children were collected from their respective foster homes and placed on a chartered plane back to the island. Now, this is only the the non-W children. Right. Where are the W children? The case and the huge amount of publicity it attracted caused an uproar on the island and led to a massive inquiry into the social work and police departments, resulting in a nearly 400-page report 
detailing what had gone wrong and providing recommendations on how to overhaul the way these departments operated. Mm-hmm. And while the nine children who had been taken in the Dawn raids were returned immediately upon the judge dismissing the social worker's case, it would be another six years what? before the last of the W children was returned home. So I imagine some of the older children that were taken out of the home probably Are aged adults. out of that. Yeah. I don't oh. know. I mean, I think like it's within reason assume. that they could have. With a, with it's possible. The, I don't know what their ages all were, but Six my God. years? Why? In 2006, one of these children identifying herself publicly for the first time as May, I'm just going to say W, mm-hmm. sued the Orkney Island Social Work Department for 100,000 pounds, claiming her childhood was destroyed when she was taken from her mother and placed in foster care. Yeah. Yep. She stated in an interview that she was, quote, the victim of a witch hunt by overzealous social workers who were determined to break up her family. Ugh. The official inquiry into the social workers' handling of the case was slightly less harsh in its language, but it concluded that, quote, no steps were taken to resolve the growing antagonism between the department and the friends of Mrs. W. Mm-hmm. And the department interpreted the sympathy of Mrs. W.'s neighbors wholly as hostility to themselves. Mm-hmm. which we've talked about. And, quote, the department failed to keep a wholly open mind regarding the allegations of the W children. They weren't even allegations. Yeah. The- okay. Wild theories. Right? I mean, yes, it of was course you should believe children, but you have to, you have to, you have to have a foot in reality. Yeah. They could have believed what the children were saying, though, They without taking it to the extremes to which they took it. Right. Without... Like, believing children also means, okay, I'm going to believe what you're saying here and get to the bottom of this. I'm going to further investigate this so that I'm doing right by you, the child who is potentially, who is certainly experiencing harm in some way. But also understanding, like, the psychology of an eight-year-old. Right, right. It's not Uh, like it was... children like turtles. It's not... Children fucking love turtles. Children love turtles like across the board. <laughs> you can't just, ignore that. I just, Kenyon really hit the nail on the head earlier mm. talking about like the collective trauma of the family and not mm. just those who were individual victims of direct abuse. And so stuff is going to like carry over and bleed out into the other children. Right. And that Why is daddy to- gone? Oh, no, no. Okay, something about... Okay, I know it's something about bodies. Okay, it's something mm-hmm. about a penis. Okay. Oh, and, and then to think, oh, it's something that I said. Right. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with the father being gone because, I mean, I by know, all accounts... These are just examples. He, he, yes. Right. And but then like, they just take oh, this my, train they, and they fucking my run it off the rails. They took my brothers and my sisters and myself away from my mom because mm-hmm. of something that I said... Mm-hmm. As a as a ch- young child, are you fucking old. kidding me? Well, actually, kid. I didn't have time to cover all of this, but there was an interview of, from one of the children as an adult who said, like, I was abused by my dad when I was younger, but then mm-hmm. this social work thing just completely was made up and came out of fucking nowhere. And mm-hmm. she was like, as a victim of past abuse, I carried that shame, quote unquote. Yep. It, it felt like shame to her. Yeah, both mm-hmm. can be true. And she was like, and then I took it all upon myself 
because I don't know what they fucking said to me in these interviews, but then I said Ugh. whatever I said as a child. And yeah. then I was, again, quote, in her mind, responsible oh, for the breakup so of my family. That compounding trauma, that compounding guilt and shame. Yeah, I Ugh. can't. So the report concluded with recommendations that the social work department should, in the future, make sure they were not confusing taking a child seriously with believing everything a child says. Exactly. Exactly. And that they should take active steps towards regaining the trust of their community and, quote, should not be seen as spies or detectives, but should be recognized as agents for the provision of advice, guidance, and assistance. Oh, my God. However, when a woman named Jeanette Chisholm, Chisholm? I don't know how to say that. One of the original social workers on the case was interviewed 15 years later. She refused to admit any mistakes. Of course. Stating There's not going to be any accountability. I can't decide things happened or didn't happen, but people saying things didn't happen doesn't affect me in the slightest because that's my experience of what people always say. I'd be very This is my truth. I'm living my truth. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if they said it did. That is my case. Well, I don't like that bitch. <laughs> and that's what I have to say about well, fuck that. fuck Jeanette. Yeah. And the fucking turtle she wrote in on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. I oh, mean. Oh, God. And that settlement is so meager. If she even got all of that money. I like, don't know. There's so much more to this case that we just don't have time right, to cover. Right, it's too like, big. That family so deserves sweeping. a lifetime of reparations and fucking free therapy there's also a there's so much classism like we talked about at the top with like judgment of a family having 15 kids which mm-hmm. I admit that I did judge a little. I did. Mhm. And that is classism. Mhm. You know, like that is. So, it's I just feel pain in my downstairs mm-hmm. when anyone says 15 kids oh yeah my only judgment is on my own pain threshold (laughs) Mm -hmm. that Uh, uterus mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying uterus that poor she deserves an edible arrangement Mm -hmm. my god what a what a absolutely bonkers situation Mm -hmm. that was a good case actually i really liked that the the turtles Turtles. The turtles. Turtles, like turtles all the way down. I Fucking will... turtles from top to bottom. Yeah. Well. Snout to tail turtle. <laughs> Snout to tail. Snap to tip. <laughs> That's actually a tortoise. Okay. And the difference is. Um, <laughs> and the difference tails. will be revealed during this word from our sponsor. Did you know <laughs> that turtle shells have like nerve endings? Oh. Frogbogs.com is now adding turtles. <laughs> anyway, turtles can feel when you touch their shells. That's all I have to say. Now, a word from our sponsors. Because a lot of like turtle rescues have like brushes, like brushes set up so they can like rub their own shells. This is like this is like how that the third Lord of the Rings has four endings and you keep thinking it's over and then it's like and another thing about turtles. Lucy, what is the significance of the no. turtles? <laughs> and have you ever been to a quarry? No, Please read not, into all I'm of this. I'm pleading the fifth so you don't take me away from my parents. <laughs> from Aww. your cats. Yes. From my all cats. Right. Take now a word away. from our sponsors for real. <laughs> 
This past year, you know, there's been a lot of lying around, a lot of lounging, and a person mm-hmm. can only watch so much Netflix. So mm-hmm. I started to get really into games, phone games in particular. So mm-hmm. like those puzzle games, anything that could give me a good challenge and something requiring a little more than the same basic strategy round after round. So when I came across Best Fiends, which is a mobile puzzle game that is always leaving your brain feeling refreshingly challenged, I got so into this. I would mm-hmm. have competitions with my husband. We'd be playing at the same time and we'd be like looking over to see which level the other person was on. <laughs> And then, like, you know, if once you defeat, like, if there's a level with, like, a bunch of slugs to defeat, you could, like, hear him, like, quietly celebrating to himself. Yeah. Like, I got to get to it. I got to get to that level. <laughs> yes. The old, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Best Fiends is way more fun than other matching puzzle games or just other, like, phone games in general. Um so there are some where, like, you smash candy over and over. I never got into those. I need, like, a little more engagement with the old noggin. A little more variety. Mm-hmm. And um, some other games that I played, I would, like, beat. So I, like, got to the end and was then left kind of bereft. <laughs> um but Best Fiends has literally thousands of fun puzzles to solve, so I am now on level 562, humble brag. Oh my gosh. And Amanda is like more than, I think she's like triple my score, so it's going to be a, way, a, a while before I beat her. But yeah. still plenty more to go. They are constantly adding new levels, so you're never going to like hit the end. There's always something new to play every day. And they're little adorable characters that you collect. So I love that. Oh, yeah. I like upgrading them. They just get cuter. Yeah. (laughs) So download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. When you decide to put your mental and emotional health first and really actually prioritize it instead of just saying you're prioritizing it, Um, especially in these uncertain times, it has this positive trickle-down effect of making everything else in your life better, wouldn't you know? So your relationships get stronger, your self-worth grows, and these are just a few reasons why working with a therapist to finally prioritize my mental health has truly changed my life for the better, just like across the board. My work has improved. My relationships with family have improved. I just feel better. Like physically, I'm less like tense. Oh, yeah. It's just therapy is just such a such a boon for your life. It really is. And if you notice like how if you if you aren't prioritizing your mental health, you can see it. You can see several areas of your life kind of declining in quality over time. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it would be the opposite once you do decide to treat your brain, so to speak. So we wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text with your therapist Uh, Send video messages or voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it is incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. I've said it before. I really like the text feature because I can 
save my conversations with my therapist and go back if I ever just need a little bit of a reminder, a little bit of accountability. Uh, Talkspace is also so incredible because of its affordability. So Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy, and that that cost is often prohibitive. People, you know, they, they think that they can't afford it or they don't. You know, right? They're not sure if their insurance will cover it. They're not sure how mm-hmm. expensive it'll be, and it's and it's it can be scary to sign up for a therapist for the first time if you're unsure of the cost. So, yep. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24 seven, and they will engage with you daily, five days a week. Their network is incredible. It's also very secure and private. They use the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information and comply with the latest HIPAA regulations. So there are so many reasons to seek out therapy and Talkspace just makes it all the more easy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. So as a listener of this podcast, you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use our code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show That's gals and Talkspace.com. Treat your brain. Treat it. What if you could get world-class wine at an affordable price delivered right to your door in the safety of your own home? You know that these are two of our favorite things, wine and not leaving home. (laughs) And Cameron Hughes Wine has a unique business model. They source top-rated wines directly from the best wineries around the world. So basically how it works is that really exclusive high-end wineries sometimes overproduce their wine and then they keep official quantities low to keep their prices high. The old supply and demand trick. Ah, yes. Wink, wink. (laughs) And so then Cameron gets these wines and kind of like keeps their mouth shut about where the wines are actually from and then sells them under the Cameron Hughes label for a fraction of the price, but it's still the same high quality wine in the bottle. Oh yeah, that's sneaky, but effective. But great. Oh yeah. So you're getting luxury wines at affordable prices, and Cameron Hughes is basically your personal sommelier. They're like, the they have the know-how, they're the insider, they've got these relationships, they're the wine buyer, and you just kind of trust that the wine that you're getting in these bottles is it should cost a lot more than for what you're getting oh yeah so for example like lot 747 russian river valley pinot noir love a good pinot noir it's like this smooth savory gold medal pinot from one of the best producers in california wine country at 16 dollars a bottle good lord Yeah, so it's less than half of what you would normally pay for this wine under the original label at, like, the tasting room. I love this so much. And Mm -hmm. great news. Today, Cameron is offering a deal exclusively to our listeners, 20% off and free shipping on three or more bottles. So all you have to do is enter our promo code GALS at checkout. These wines are already an amazing value for the price. And today, you can get top-rated, award-winning wines at incredible savings. So you save money, you drink the best wine. What could be better? Try wines that normally sell at super high-end prices for a fraction of the cost. These wines are incredible and they sell out quickly. So definitely get on this because we've all been to the to the grocery store 
And we've been looking at bottles of wine and it's like, oh my gosh, this sounds so good. But wow, it's like $45. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are gal price point approved. So go to chwine.com today to get 20% off the already great prices and free shipping when you buy three or more bottles. Just enter our promo code GALS at checkout. That's chwine.com with code GALS for 20% off three bottles or more, plus free shipping. Great wine, great prices delivered right to your door in the safety of your own home. What could be better? Treat yo wine needs. Trade them. Are we ready for my case? <laughs> Probably not. It's not nearly that bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. This is a fucking wa- this is this is a <laughs> this is more of the um stage magic and sleight of hand <laughs> side of of mm-hmm. uh the social, social work, work field. Okay. <laughs> so mm, yeah, but nobody has died in any of these cases so far. So That's we're going to keep that we're going to keep that train. Well, okay. Sometimes death is a mercy. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. How dark well, this is remains to be seen. Like for you sitting here recording this? You is that are what you're new alluding spring to? Merch. Sometimes <laughs> death, death is a mercy. mercy. I'm just saying. I'm Holy shit. My parents put down a cat today. So, yes, sometimes <laughs> death is a mercy. If you okay, want well, sometimes death is a mercy short. merch, get at us. Yeah. R.I.P. Rockford. Poor death Rockford. Is a, death is frequently a mercy. Okay, well then I will try not to take up any more of your torturous time <laughs> so that we I can I can free you from this pain you're in. So I literally started and abandoned three cases yeah, before Amanda landing went on this through one. Through it today, I had a hard uh, time. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm really glad you are not yeah. covering. No, we're not even gonna go there. Yeah. But, but long story short, the cases that I kept finding were so sad, and my fucking mental health just couldn't deal with it. So, well, you know, child abuse, like prolonged child abuse, any child much. abuse, it's not, there's nothing funny. It's just no, no, I, I it, that's very hard to to talk about. So I thought I'm not going to okay. i don't want to do that wrong I'm glad you pivoted but recently like many of us listening i watched the movie i care a lot starring rosamund pike <gasps> so it's so good it's pretty entertaining uh she for those of you who don't know without any spoilers she stars as a very shady like elder caregiver who basically swoops in and assumes legal emergency control over a client's assets and like gets rich doing this so mm-hmm. that's like the at the end short. of their lives yeah in order well, not, to... e- not even that close to the end like well the end goal is to outlive them so that well, right. she can take their money they're all o- old enough that this is a viable yeah. that mm-hmm. they can know she can deem them in court no longer capable of managing their own finances but when they get like a terminal case she's like yes yeah, mm-hmm. but this yeah. so this movie it's bonkers. Many parts of it are over the top and far fetched and very entertaining. Yeah, but financial elder abuse is a serious problem in the elder care industry. Sometimes the perps of these types of crimes can be, you guessed it, social workers. Um. So that is where we're going today. So credit.com actually gives a pretty scary rundown of just how bad elder financial abuse is in the United States. 
So this is from a recent article that states, quote, back in 2010, MetLife released a report estimating that $2.9 billion is lost by Americans elder, America's elderly each year based on published accounts of fraud. But most observers believed that figure was low. A new survey released last week, and this article came out in 2019, so now a week and two years ago. It might be closer to the mark. TrueLink Financial, which helps the elderly manage their money, estimates that seniors lose collectively $36 billion every year, and roughly one in three older Americans have been scammed in the past five years. So losing by virtue of being scammed. Like, oh, if you want to invest your money and Not blah, blah, just blah. that way. Not just that way. Also from family members, yeah. predatory family members, predatory oh. in like the story we're going to get to, a predatory social worker. Like there's a lot of ways to scam money from your elders that are not yeah. just like a phishing scheme in it's your not, email. It's not just like online poker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This goes on to say, quote, those of us working in the field have long known that the United States is in the throes of an elder financial abuse epidemic. And this is uh, from Shauna Reeves, who is the director of elder abuse prevention at the Institute on Aging. Um, Unfortunately, she says, we've lacked well-designed studies capturing the true nature and scope of the problem. This study is a game changer. Not only does it challenge the previous studies, but it serves as a clarion call for further research and action. So long story short, check on grandma. So the story I'm covering today is of 28-year-old Olivia Gordon of Long Island, New York. Olive Garden. Of Olive Garden, New York. Oh, yeah, that's a tough name. Olivia Gordon. When you're here, you're family. (laughs) (laughs) If you're family, you're scammed. Olivia Bottomless Breadsticks Gordon. Well, she really (laughs) wanted her bottomless breadsticks. Oh, no. She is a young social worker who took a position. She's 28 years old, but she takes a position in March of 2019. So this is a recent case as the director of social work at an elder care and rehabilitation center in Far Rockaway, uh, which is an area of Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised uh, she didn't try lunch- to pass the salad bar. Seriously. That's where we had lunch that one day. Didn't we have a uh, layover? Uh, yeah, that little be- Rockaway Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't sure what all of the responsibilities were in this position. So I literally Googled what does director of social work at an elder care facility do? And this is kind of <laughs> what I came up with. And you'll have this targeted ads for the rest of time. Seriously. Change your career. <laughs> nope. In Scotland. This- Oh, there we go. <laughs> this position comes with a lot of responsibility because the social services director is responsible for ensuring that the social, psychological, and physical needs of all residents in the senior living community are being met. So they provide and guide patients and their families to resources for whatever they need. Um, They manage the trajectory of their care. They help with next steps in their care. Sometimes these care needs will be financial. So in the event that a patient like doesn't have a trusted family member to manage their finances in the event they can't continue to pay for their care or any other number of financial issues that can pop up. Um, this individual in this position should provide resources to assist these the, the clients that are in, in their care. Okay. Now, this doesn't mean that the social worker just takes over their entire financial situation. Yeah. They it like might mean they're setting by someone that can. Exactly. Yeah. It might, it might mean they're setting up, power of attorney through an institution that can properly manage their mm. their finances. You know, like 
helping them with their social security, like filling out documents for the government, things like mm -hmm. that. They're not necessarily like taking their assets. Mm -hmm. um, so social workers that can and should in these positions help clients create budgets, help them manage their benefits if they receive benefits from different like government institutions mm -hmm. or their or their previous employer, um, survivors benefits from a, a, a deceased loved one, et cetera. They can coordinate financial management services, but this is not the same as just having direct access to a client's banking information. Right. They have knowledge of like overarching systems and then they find people to handle the nitty gritty. Correct. Mm -hmm. However, they're, they're a facilitator. They're not yes. a gatekeeper. They're supposed to be. However, in this position, Miss Gordon. Garden. Miss Olive Garden mm -hmm. <laughs> did have access as a higher level employee to sensitive financial information because you still need to provide that yeah. as as a resident mm -hmm. of these care facilities. Mm -hmm. So it's it's on file. Like it's right. all there. Right. So when Miss Gordon had a new client in her care who had recently become a patient of this facility after sustaining a fall in her Brooklyn home, this woman's 90 years old. Ooh. She saw an opportunity. So the Though very, very few details about the victim in this case are available. Um, it appears that this is a woman, 90 years old, didn't have much in the way of immediate family to advocate on her behalf and mm -hmm. keep an eye on her finances. Mm -hmm. So pretty soon after she was admitted to the care center, Gordon just dove on in. Mm -hmm. She gained access to all of the patient's banking information, including all of her account numbers, like direct like account checking yeah like freaking routing number not yeah. just like credit card that can easily be canceled and over the course of four months she transferred funds directly from the victim's account beginning in may of 2019 she first withdrew twelve thousand nine hundred ninety six dollars from the from the victim's account which was deposited directly into her own bank of america account the next withdrawal that she pulled right yeah, well lady. it gets <laughs> it gets bolder the next account was small, but compared to what she has already pulled, this was $2,748 that she pulled to go directly to her Capital One Visa card that needed to be paid down, $21,171 to pay down her Discover card account. Oh my God, She's this bitch still uses Discover. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a Discover. I can't even get a Discover card. And I'm paying it myself. And the largest one-time withdrawal of $106,148 no. to pay off a federal student loan. Which, I like, mean, relatable. That's a lot of student loan Just debt. No judgment. No judgment. That's actually not. I mean, if you think about it, she's a 28-year-old social worker who probably got, like, her master's and shit. That's not that much student debt. Pretty soon out of college, okay, she hasn't, probably hasn't paid down like any of Okay, but let's not the fact that she stole that shit oh, from an old lady. It. Of course I never not. Said We're that. joking. I'm just saying. A hundred grand of student loan debt is not that much debt, I mean, is all that's I'm saying. All, it's it's like far above the average, mine. is what in I'm the, saying. In the grand scheme of debt, it's an insane amount of debt. It should it should be criminal to have that much student loan debt. Thank you, government. Yeah. But that, that, that number associated with federal student loan debt is not, like, 
clenching my butthole. Like, of course, it's all a racket. You're trying to rob us all blind. Yeah, it fucking sucks. And if you have a master's degree, that, yeah, if you have a master's degree, then that is. It pays for you to live for fucking the four years it takes you to finish that. It Mm -hmm. just sucks. So these massive withdrawals were not enough to raise red flags because nobody is like, monitoring it nobody's monitoring so this, the bank is just like okay you have all the right info fine yep i had fucking somebody try to hack my shit and they mm-hmm. attempted to withdraw and like it was pending it wasn't yeah. flagged as fraud i noticed it mm-hmm. all of my money like a it's shit an ton absurd of money. amount of money yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah it happens uh, meanwhile if i buy like too many pairs of Tivas. Yeah, if you buy M&M's my bank at like the Chicago me. airport, yeah. your bank is like denied. The the amount of times <laughs> my bank while we've been on tour has just been like JK we're turning off your card and I've been $500 like it's at me. the Stetson hat store. They didn't turn my card off for that, but they like did shut do up. it at the airport. They, they should have. I, I make money. a lot of like purchases that absolutely should be my bank has like no shopping on tour yeah we do my bank has no like method it's like i never know what's gonna flag it and so i just got into the habit of calling my bank and being like here are all of the states i'm going to please don't turn my card off try and they've gotten better about it oh yeah it's it's not great (laughs) i never knew my card was gonna work Right. So it's not like inconceivable with no one monitoring these accounts that this is going to continue. And again, it's direct from the account. It's not through a debit card. Right. So which makes it it, that tends to legitimize these kinds of purchases. Well, you have to know like the routing and the account. Exactly. You need so much sensitive information so that it's a little bit more legitimized. So if Miss Gordon hadn't gotten super greedy, she honestly garden (laughs) might have gotten away with this. But she saw a window of opportunity and went for it. Wigs so this <laughs> wigs off, wigs off, top of the wig to you, Miss Garden. So this client had an annuity, and I'm oh. about to take it to a boring place for just a second here because oh. I did not know what an annuity was. Yeah, what at is an all. annuity? I'm about to answer this. An annuity. Uh, an annuity. According to Investopedia.com, an annuity <laughs> is a contract between you and an insurance company in which you make a lump sum payment or series of payments and in return receive regular disbursements beginning either immediately or at some point in the future. So it's a, it's mostly used as like a retirement account. And oh. there are like investment opportunities within these and accounts. And the insurance so put, company is is betting on you dying before you withdraw. Or just so like investing in, it so they make money while they're holding onto them. Before you ask your question, Lucy, I'm not done. So let me see if this I answers it. I already don't get it. So okay. Exactly. <laughs> the goal of an annuity is to provide a steady stream of income, typically during retirement. Funds accrue on a tax-deferred basis like, a four, like 401k contributions – and can only be drawn without a penalty after the age of 59 and a half. Okay. So I wonder annu- who fought for that half. I know, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are different God. levels of in- annuities. So it sounds like the one in question here was likely a variable annuity, which is a higher risk investment account option that has like high reward potential. So, quote, variable annuities provide an opportunity for a potentially higher return accompanied by some greater risk. In this case, you pick from a menu of mutual funds that go into your personal sub account 
And here, your payments in retirement are based on the performance of investments in your sub account. So, so it's yeah. ca- it's a lot like a four hundred one k or a Roth IRA, things well, like that. It's so just there's not a lot. Investment there's account. Follow there's, us for our finances podcast and, and recipes. As far as I know, there's no <laughs> risk in a in a Roth IRA though. So the, this talk of well, risk in an annuity account. No, it's an is investment. Like, so it's the market. It's like right. The risk is the market. Risk so it's not is. like stock. It is stocks. It's literally it's, stock. It's literally stock. Roth stocks. IRA is you're a giving money. You're giving a chunk of money account. when you're young to mm-hmm. an insurance company. They are investing that money on your behalf Correct. into funds of stocks, groupings of stocks. This. I trust none of this. I hate it all. <laughs> I have you had your Roth IRA, IRA and then when that you're old, like they nine give years. you. When, I when thought it was just money. I thought it was just money. It's not like risk. That's that's a savings no. account. Yeah, no, a you Roth are. IRA you're invested is a in stock. the stock market, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm pulling well, out. Okay. I don't know if you can without a bunch of penalties, so maybe Let's don't. all pull out at once. I'm, okay, <laughs> I need to happens. wrap this up. So, <laughs> invest in frogbugs.com. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not, that has not been open to the market yet, so you can't. So, Olive Garden We're discovered not publicly this. traded yet. Correct. Olive Garden discovered this annuity account and that it was valued at nearly a million dollars. So, it's doing well. Well, granted a mil- is at a million already. Yes. So yes. granted a million dollars in 2019 Whoa. is not, you know, it's not an infinite amount of money, it's but that's great a lot when of you're already money. 90 with right. no children. <laughs> well, a million dollars. For- what the fuck is she getting? That's great. And it's great for Olive Garden, who just paid off all of her student <laughs> yeah. debt and Olive has no debts st- now. Olive Garden Olive is going to put in a pool. All of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's like, this is going to be perfect. So on May 7th, 2019, Gordon faxed a beneficiary form to the company holding the victim's annuity. On the form, she claimed to be the, quote, caretaker slash pseudo grandchild. Pseudo form. She wrote pseudo grandchild. Not okay. a legal term. Doesn't count. No. Nah, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but that's not a legal term. Don't have to be a lawyer to know that that's not a legal term. <laughs> so she says this on the form, but did not get a response from the company. Yeah. So several days, oh, I wonder why. They so several days the later, fuck out of that shit. She sends a second <laughs> fax requesting that the company just send her cash. She wants to make a withdrawal sure. from this community. I'm sorry, it's 2019. Why the fuck are you faxing? I mean, some places still fucking make you fax. Well, and she works true. at an elder care facility. They have a mm, fax machine. That's true. But also, like, so, who even knows how to fax is my main question. I mean, I, I do. But I worked at an office for I a hot minute. Don't. But anyway, thank you for these very helpful questions. <laughs> Obviously, the What's company... What's an annuity? <laughs> I had questions about the legitimacy of these forms. What's a stop? And needed to confirm any changes or withdrawals with the owner of the account. Going back to the turtles. Yes. (laughs) They have nerve endings in their shells. However, when they attempted to reach the victim by phone, they were unsuccessful. They couldn't connect with this 90-year-old woman. 
Probably yeah. because whatever phone number was, well, no, they already had her account in question, but I don't know. She's maybe they didn't have 90. updated information. A, she's she 90. She didn't hear the phone ringing. <laughs> yeah. A, she's My 90. grandfather, who recently passed away, and I love him so much. And Poppy. Rip, rip Poppy. But God bless towards, Poppy. He was 91, and towards the end, he was answering the television remote. Yeah. When the phone rang. Well, and she had just recently been moved into this facility. So by the time that this is happening, she's only been there for four months. After experiencing a fall, it's possible she hadn't updated her new contact information. Yeah. So they might have been trying to call her in the fucking Bronx and didn't know she was there. I mean, There's honestly, lots of moving is enough for oh, any it's a nightmare. Uh, 30, a 30-year-old. And yeah. I don't think this woman had a cell phone. Who knows? Anyway, either way, they couldn't get in contact with her. So that being said, they couldn't get any of this information confirmed. So they were like, we're denying these claims. We're not distributing any funds. And hi, elder fraud unit. This seems really weird. Pseudo grandchild. Pseudo grandchild slash caretaker. Pseudo sketch. Yeah. So red flags going up everywhere and it gets the attention of the elder fraud unit of the frauds of the frauds Frog bureau. Bog. <laughs> Frogbogsbureau.com. Frauds. There is a bureau. Frog there's a federal yeah. bureau just for fraud. And this is an elder fraud unit of frogbogs.com. <laughs> okay. So, can I interrupt for a second? Of course. There is a, you know how I love my insurance commercials, like the clog, the clogging yeah. and the all Clog bogs. And all that. <laughs> There's another one that was like looking on the bright side and he picks up a turtle and he's like, oh, it's fraud protection. I'm like, how did you miss the low hanging fruit? Of picking up a turtle and saying it's frog protection. Because turtles are not frogs. I know, but they're both reptiles. And every time they say <laughs> fraud protection, I hear Are frogs frog reptiles? Protection. Okay, amphibians. Next. Aren't they? <laughs> oh, amphi- I meant amphibians. Yeah, I do not think anything Whatever. you're saying tracks or makes any sense. They so, miss they miss an opportunity is all I'm gonna say. Frog did they miss protection. an opportunity if they picked up a turtle and didn't say frog? <laughs> like how is that a missed opportunity? How it's a, a turtle. Missed opportunity. <laughs> they have nerve endings in their shells. How Jesus are turtles fucking Christ. so integral to this episode? I don't are f- know. Are f- Wait, <laughs> so frogs are amphibians? Are turtles reptiles or amphibians? If I answer this, can we drop it? I'm going to Google it. Don't worry. Okay. I'm going to move on. Olive Garden was arrested. Turtles are reptiles. Frogs are amphibians. That's what I thought. Together they are herpetofauna. Some some turtles are amphibious. Together they are herpetofauna. Next. Next. Wasn't a missed opportunity. They picked up a turtle. Salamanders. Gordon was arrested no. in March of 2021 <laughs> and charged with attempted grand larceny in the first degree, grand larceny in the second degree, criminal possession of stolen property in the second degree, identity theft in the first degree, and unlawful possession of personal identification information in the third degree. Take that Olive Garden. Get it. So she was charged and she has gotten her first court date, but like the trial, none of those proceedings have begun. So she returns to court in May of this year and faces up to 15 years in prison. So the Queen's DA handling her case said in a statement, quote, 
Instead of doing her job and looking out for this elderly woman's best interest, this social worker allegedly let greed guide her actions. Not only is this defendant accused of making huge cash withdrawals from the 90-year-old's bank account, she also set things in motion to take control of a million-dollar annuity. This kind of manipulation and deceit is not only immoral, but criminal, and the defendant now faces very serious charges. And also, Turtles she was dumb how she went about it. Right, so dumb. It's a so direct dumb. line to herself. Exactly, because she wanted to be the beneficiary, so she had to out herself <laughs> to get to make that happen. It's like, here's your breadcrumbs for all your turtles to follow. Your bottomless <laughs> breadcrumbs. Your bottomless breadsticks. So while being scammed out of money by the very professionals appointed to care for you is horrifying, it's not the most common. So I'm going to close out my case with some other scams to be mindful of, especially as our parents are aging. Oh, so great. everybody get your momars on the phone. Oh, oh my God. Lordy. I already told my mom that she can't have a home with a yard. I won't let her do yard work. Ever answer an that email. That is not a scam. A yard is not a scam. I'm talking about taking care of my mom. Well, yeah, that's fine. But we're only talking about scams right now. So sweepstakes <laughs> scams. This is from the AARP. Quote, the initial contact in a sweepstakes scam is often a call, an email, a social media notification, or the most damning for an elder is a piece of direct Mail. Oh, yeah. Offering mm -hmm. congratulations for winning some big contest. But here's the catch you'll be asked to pay a fee, taxes, or custom duties to claim your prize. Yep. The scammers may request bank account information, urge you to send money via a, a wire transfer, or suggest you purchase gift cards and give them the card numbers. Regardless of the method, once scammers ensnare someone, they will keep coming back, calling victims for months or even years, promising the big prize is only one payment away. And if you stop paying or cut off contact, they may threaten to harm you or a loved one or to report you to the authorities. All of this is bullshit. They can't do that. I have a lot of like uh, random voicemails from. Oh, me too. From callers. It's like your social security number has been compromised. Which yeah. isn't a thing. It's Extended been hacked. car warranty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I got one once that was like. Your social security number brought up like a, a fraud warrant for your arrest, and officers oh, yeah. are coming to your place that of was business. Real. And it's like officers are on. <laughs> that are was on real way, on their way right now. Mm -hmm. And the okay. the phone number spoofing technology technology they use is so wild. One of those scam calls I got was from nine one one, which nine one one doesn't call you, but like <laughs> what? it was wild. I ended up filing a report about it, but it's yeah. like. If you get calls like that, report those numbers. There are places to do that online. Also, yeah. the IRS will never call no. you. They'll never have a robocall. Yeah. Mm -mm. I also automatically reject any number that has a like an area code that is my own cell phone number. I have a 952 yeah. number. Any unidentified call from that area I code is I probably to, spam. I mm -hmm. used to pick up, but then since moving back now Just to the States. Send it all to voicemail. There's no reason. No, there's no reason. And then delete it. I haven't and set block up it. my voicemail. So another scam is Medicare scams. What the fuck this is, is from wrong with you? I'm never going to listen to my voicemail. If it's an emergency, text me. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not doing it. No. She also doesn't. You don't need to. It'll just give you that pre-recorded whatever and you both blow my mind no i don't want to listen to voicemail i don't know where i come in my this. mom would leave a voicemail every time she <laughs> called me and missed my call like and That's i didn't fair. pick up i'm not gonna set I up a voicemail to listen to it no i no 
No. The nice thing about voicemail on the iPhone is that it has a transcript, so I literally never have yeah, to listen to voicemails. I can read it, it like a text mm-hmm. and then decide to call back or delete it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good feature. <laughs> yeah. So good to know. Okay. Now you're thinking maybe you'll set it up. Set up okay. your damn voicemail. So mm-hmm. I have two more fucking things and then we'll be done and I will eat. Medicare scams. This is from mm-hmm. the National Council on Aging. Quote, every U.S. citizen or permanent resident over the age of 65 qualifies for Medicare. So there is rarely any need for a scam artist to research what private health insurance company older people have in order to scam them out of some money. Mm -hmm. In these types of scams, perpetrators may pose as a Medicare representative to get older people to give them their personal information, or they will provide bogus services for elderly people at makeshift mobile clinics then bill Medicare and pocket the money. Medicare scams often follow oh the God. latest trends in medical research, such as genetic testing, fraud, and COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, I didn't no. know about these mobile clinics. That's Scam horrible. Goddess actually recently did a great episode on someone who set up sort of like a scam mobile vaccine clinic. and That's so disgusting. It is really disgusting, especially because this clinic claimed to be directly filling the need to serve communities of color and then they were pocketing a lot of money and not actually distributing vaccines. So they were just like, how can we harm people on Mm -hmm. all of the levels? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. How can we scam them out of money, target people of color, target Mm -hmm. the elderly Mm -hmm. and make them at higher risk of dying from a Mm -hmm. pandemic Mm -hmm. and make people unsafe feel unsure about life-saving vaccines. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And also Mm -hmm. the fact that they actually do communicate with your insurance company. Mm -hmm. That's fucked. Yeah, and some of these scams, they do. One more that I'm going to go over, because these are like the three that I feel like the elderly are the most susceptible susceptible to so this last one is computer and tech support scams which i feel like would also maybe work on kenyan absolutely i (laughs) almost fell for the car warranty one when we first Mm -hmm. moved back because i didn't know i had just gotten back i hadn't gotten those types of calls before i had just bought a car Mm-hmm. I'd never bought like a relatively That's when new. They call you. <laughs> I had never bought a relatively <laughs> new car before that had a war. I'd never had a car with a warranty before. I didn't even know what a warranty was. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh my god, shit! Did I do something wrong?" Nope. I didn't. I didn't call back. Thank God. That's good because you didn't have your voicemail, so you didn't know what they were doing. So, computer <laughs> technical support scams prey on people's lack of, of knowledge voicemail. about computers and cybersecurity. A pop-up message or blank screen usually appears on your computer or phone, telling you that your device is compromised and needs fixing. I'll get these pop-ups on my phone when I'm like when I click a shitty article or something. Mm-hmm. But then you you know most Apple operating systems will be like you don't want to click this, mm-hmm. and you know. I I know better, but I could see that a lot of folks wouldn't. Mm -hmm. When you call the support number for help, the scammer may either request remote access to your computer and or that you pay a fee to have it repaired. No, 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 no. Yeah. The Federal Trade Commission found that seniors who fell for the scam lost an average of $500 each to computer tech support scams in 2018. And that's like only if you paid a bogus fee to get your computer cleaned up. If these folks are actually more advanced in the the tech scamming, Mm -hmm. there are key locks where they can figure out your passwords to get into all of your banking information, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Like if you give them remote access to your computer, 
that has most people's Everything. most sensitive information. We don't we don't keep a file folder anymore of all of our like banking and sensitive info. That's like that's all password protected in different websites and shit mm-hmm. now. So like they can get access to all of that if they have slightly more advanced technology. So I know I've deviated now from social work, but I just wanted to reiterate how vulnerable populations vary in age and elderly folks are susceptible to some serious financial fuckery if we're not careful. So again, check on your grandma. Mm -hmm. And that is my case. Well done. Nice. Nice Wild times. Wigs off to our fan picker, Carmen. (laughs) Where in the world are you, Carmen? Yeah. And and to all (laughs) the good social workers out there, you are Mm. doing an impossible job. With Keep being good and not ruining people's lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're doing the Lord's work. God bless. Mm-hmm. And we uh, will see you next week. Yes, we will. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!